First reading is from Amos, and it's on page 922, if you've got a Bible there. And I'm starting at chapter 6, verse 1. It's, Woe to the complacent. So it reads, Woe to you who are complacent in Zion. You lie on beds adorned with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful and use the finest lotions, but you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Please, if you're able, would you stand as Helen brings our gospel reading. Gospel reading today is the Gospel of John, chapter 6, and it's verses 1 to 15. And you'll find it on page 1069 in the Church Bibles. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Some time after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing those who were ill. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he had already in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please do be seated as I welcome Julie. Um, Let me pray for you as you speak to us. So loving God, we do thank you for Julie. We thank you for um, 
giving her time to come here and speak to us about the work uh, that Tear Fund do. We thank you for Tear Fund. We thank you for uh, people who are willing and able to do the kind of work that is needed um, across the world and in the UK. And so we ask your blessing upon Julie as she gives out gives of her time and energy here this morning. Uh, may our hearts be open to receive from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is anybody hungry? Anyone? There was a very nice bag of Haribo I saw going up over there. But they just sort of hit the spot. That's sacrificial giving, isn't it? Making a child give their Haribo. What an amazing church you are. Thank you for supporting Tear Fund over the years. Thank you for what you have given. Thank you for praying with us, for standing with us, for being interested in what we are trying to do. Thank you for letting me come and be part of your worship and hopefully inspire you and encourage you that where you're choosing to invest your money in us is a good place. To give you um, some insight into the way we think and into what we do. And if you've got difficult questions, save them for me afterwards, after I've had a cup of coffee. Maybe. Um, seriously, when was the last time you were hungry? This morning, yeah. Four o'clock this morning it was. My tummy was rumbling. There was absolutely no reason why I'd eaten well yesterday, maybe too well. Um, but at four o'clock this morning, I woke up and I was hungry. And I rolled over. I thought, I'll go back to sleep. I'll forget about it. But it doesn't work, does it? Because when you're hungry, that's all is in your head. I need food and I need it now. I thought about waking up my husband. Well, he was snoring anyway, so it would have been a good reason to wake him up. And prod him and say, go and get me something to eat. But no, I, I thought, no, I must go. So I crawled out of bed, out of that nice warm place you're in and you don't really want to go. And went down to the kitchen, had an argument with the cat about who was most hungry because he was meowing and wanting fed. And I thought, no, I'm more hungry than you, I get it first. And I went to my fridge and I opened it. And I thought, hmm, what shall I have? Should I be healthy? Some fruit? Maybe a bowl of yogurt with some muesli on top. A nice healthy breakfast that would sustain me from the day. Or should I just finish that last piece of cheesecake that's in the fridge left over from the guests we had? First, second. You're all on the second, I can see. You're the honest ones. I have amazing choice. So I must admit I was good this morning. Um, partly because I promised my 12-year-old he could have the last piece of cheesecake and he nags far more than anybody else can do. And if I'd eaten it, I would have been in trouble and I would have had to go and buy another cheesecake. But I had that choice. And I only had to walk down one flight of stairs to get there. 
And I could open my cupboard and I could choose any number of things to eat because I've been to Tesco's yesterday. And I could open my freezer and see what fell out because I'd got rather too carried away in the reductions aisle. I've got so much choice. So much choice. Unfortunately, there are still people in this world who have no choice. Who, when hunger strikes, well, they don't notice it because they are always hungry. And all they can think about is where the next food is coming from. I went to my friends this week and I'd woken up in the morning... My metabolism must be doing something strange because I've woken up a lot this week hungry. And I, that day I'd eaten my yogurt, my fruit, my muesli. And then I cooked breakfast for my son. So I had mushrooms and egg and potato pancakes and a cup of tea. And then I went to my friend's and she offered me coffee. And she hadn't had breakfast, so she gave me a banana and some blueberries. And then we'd been out for a walk. And about two hours later, she prepared lunch. She cooked the pasta and she did the sauce and it was sitting there on the table. But she wanted to talk and I'm, I'm like looking at this food, just, just give me the food and forget about the conversation. I couldn't think of anything because all I wanted was that food. And unfortunately now all you're thinking about is your Sunday lunch. But for some of the people we want to talk about this morning, thinking about food is not a choice of what shall I have. It's more about what have I got to do to get it? Am I going to get it? And if I eat, are my children going to be able to eat? If I feed them, can I feed myself? I want to show you a video about one such person. And you can see the lengths some people have to go to in order to get food. Thank you. Jumana is not without hope. Jesus and his church are here. But she and her children are hungry. This thin soup is all she can give them today. Her family are farmers, but she has had to turn to weaving because their crops have failed in the drought and scorching heat. The bitter irony is that while a basket takes five days to make, she can only sell it for enough to buy food for two meals. We can, we must help them. Tear Fund's call is to the places of greatest need. We're in Jumana's village, shoulder to shoulder with families close to starvation, bringing long-term solutions as well as emergency food that will save lives. Food that will feed Jumana's children. The only day that my daughter Yasmin was happy was the day they distributed food stuff to us. I was able to prepare good food for my children. Through their faith and hard work, 
the local church, supported by Tear Fund, are bringing hope to this village. Jesus fed a huge number in his time, so he would act. He would act so that the community could have something to put on the table. Because of the work of the local church, Jumana has hope. Jesus is here. But tonight, her children go to sleep hungry again. Her basket is empty. You can help fill it. Please, give like Jesus. I want to take you to Chad. That's where this was filmed, and it's where Jemana lives. For people in Chad, thinking about where your next meal is coming from is a full-time occupation. In the Sahel region of Africa, it's estimated that 6 million children will suffer from acute malnutrition in 2016. One in five children living there won't make it to their fifth birthday. And it's not surprising when you see what they are eating. Did you see that bowl she was stirring? All it is is water and less than a handful of grain. So if you cut your hand out like this and imagine not even coming up to where your fingers, you know, the first bend of your fingers are. That's how much grain Jumana has to feed her family a day. Less than you'd feed your guinea pig. And she has five children and a husband. Jumana is a farmer. And in Africa, we've all heard on the news that the rains are unpredictable. This year, the rains came Late, and they finished early. Two weeks late, finished two weeks early. So the crops that had just begun to germinate in the really dry soil got to here and then withered and died. So for Jumana, where all she has was the seed that she planted to make those crops, she had nothing. So what did she do? Jumana is resourceful. We saw that. Jumana has turned to weaving. But that's not enough. We're going to pass around some baskets later. And this is one made in a village in Chad. This is completely made from reeds. Now, mine got damaged on the way here. And you can see how many reeds it takes just to make one of these strands. And then how much to weave in? Five days to make one of these baskets. And if Jumana's lucky and she goes to the market and can sell it, she will get two meals worth of grain. A bread basket that we would love to take home and put our bread or our fruit or whatever else in that she can't fill with bread. Jumana turns to other things to get her food. She goes digging. You saw what the ground was like there, hard and dry. And those of you that are gardeners know that's not a nice place to dig. 
I garden on London clay. And in the summer, I can't dig it. I have to go and water it before I stand a chance to dig it. And that's what she's digging in. But Jemana is determined to get food for her children. And so she follows ants. Why would she follow ants? Any ideas? Because ants carry grain. Ants find the grain and they take it back to their house. So Jemana follows the ants and when she gets back to where they're disappearing underground, she digs sometimes a meter, which is three foot in old money, sometimes two meters or taller than me, to find what the ants have taken to take the seed away from the ants and to put it into that bowl to make that soup for her children. Can you imagine? I can't imagine even in good soil digging a hole the size of me. But that's what she does. Because she's desperate, because all she can think about is how she can feed her children. She says, I used to be a very strong woman. But now I've been reduced to only thinking of how to feed my family. I've been trying to protect my children. One of my daughters has already died. I don't want the others to die too. So she collects and she finds. We read the story of the feeding of the 5,000. A truly miraculous event where these people were so taken up by Jesus' stories that they followed him far from their land, far from where they lived. And suddenly they realized there's no, nothing to eat. And they're a bit like me, beginning to think, oh, I need something to eat now. And Jesus knew it. In this version of the story, it's him that prompts that. It's him that makes the disciples think about it. I don't know what your character is like, but it's been suggested that the disciples had different approaches. Some were just totally stumped. Well, um, you know, how do we get any money to feed them? And others thought, well, we'll ask a few people. And then this boy turns up with his five loaves and two fish. That sounds quite a big lunch, doesn't it? But the lunch, the, the loaves in reality were probably less than the size of my fist. Five bread rolls and two small fish. Enough for a child. And I've got a son, and believe me, that wouldn't go far. But he offers it. He knows that this is what he's got, and he offers it to Jesus. My son had a bag of Haribo. Would he offer it to me? He would. He'd give me a heart. Always a heart from whichever bag of Haribo he's got. I have to have a heart. But the rest of the time, he'd want to eat it. And yet this child, he's obviously been caught up in hearing from Jesus. And so he offers. He gives. And the disciples say, well, I don't know what you're going to do with this, but here you are, Jesus. And that miracle takes place. That miracle's where the, the meal that would have fitted in something like this fills 12 large baskets. It's Passover coming. 12 baskets remind you of anything? 
the 12 tribes of Israel and the manna that was provided in the desert. Jesus was big on symbolism. He wanted to make the links for those people. He gave them more and more so they could listen to what was important. So they could hear what was important. He didn't want them worried about what am I going to have next. He provided for them. Tear Fund is a strong believer in giving people power in their own lives. Jesus could, if he wanted to, have just magic food out of the air, couldn't he? You know, water into wine, stones into bread, no problem. But he wanted to make sure that the people realized that they had a part to play. Whether it's the disciples in going out and finding things, or the boy who's got something and needs something to to do with it. So that he could go back and say, do you know what I did today? I gave this to Jesus and he did that. He multiplied it. Tear Funds believes in showing people what they've got and in helping to use it better. But we recognize that sometimes they need not to be hungry before they're ready to do that. And that's why the church in Jumana's village is giving food, emergency food, helping children with malnutrition, to give them the parents the energy to come and learn about what they can do. Last year I was in Kenya and I was in many fields like this. And I was taken around the crops that were growing as a result of our program called Farming God's Way. And as a gardener and as a TV viewer, I I watch my gardener's world and I know when I'm supposed to plant my crops and I know I'm supposed to mulch, I know when I'm supposed to water, I know what I'm supposed to do. And every time I hear about these villages that don't know that, I'm shocked. And so the church, after they've given these people emergency food, will begin that education process. And the church together with the people will come up with a plan. What do we need to do? And how are we going to do it? And with some seed funding from Tear Fund to provide a food for work scheme, Jumana's village built a dam. Because when the water comes, they don't want it to run away. And they build the most amazing structures. It is a feat of engineering just entirely with their hands. They walk miles to gather the mud to make it tall. And with this work that they're doing, they're then given food for work. They're not given it all for free. We're giving empowerment. Now, some of those that can't work will still get something. But those that can work, it's about saying you are valuable. And when they've got the water, they're taught about irrigation, different methods of irrigation that now work. Because the world is changing and climate change is bringing change. They need to know the new technologies. 
And they're taught how they can grow crops out of season. How they can plant in one area and then transplant in another area when the crops are strong enough. Which means when the rain comes, they get a faster growth. And they can get two crops a year instead of just one. They're given what they need immediately. And then they're given a vision of the future and what can be. And they're given the power. Sometimes this may take a year or two years or three years. But Tear Fund and our partners are there with them. We believe in being there for the long haul. And our strap, life, strap line is going where the need is greatest. You won't see us very often on TV when you see all these big disasters because we're in the back of beyond where no TV crew can ever get to. We want to be in these villages till the point where they can live on their own. We want to be there for the long haul. So thank you for what you've already given us for being able to go into villages and giving them emergency need. That helps. But as we look at some visuals of this area, as we listen to a piece of music that's been specially written for Tear Fund, just think about, could you support us more regularly? We're going to pass around these baskets. There should be one on every couple of rows. For you to look at, and as you look, think about the person that made this and pray for them. Think about the life that they live. And have a look at the leaflet that you've all been given and consider whether you could give on a regular basis so that we can be in those villages for the long haul, standing against, alongside Jumana and the church, our partners, PEDC, in lots of different places. If you feel you want to give, and I know you've got a building project and you've got lots of other things, but if God is prompting your heart, if this is an opportunity to give that you've been waiting for, that God's been speaking to you about and you didn't know what to do about, consider giving to Tear Fund regularly. All you need to do is fill out the slip in here. If you haven't got your bank details, don't worry. Put your phone number on there and one of my colleagues will give you a call in the next week or so and you can talk about it. If you've got more questions... Talk to me at the end. Again, talk to one of my colleagues. If you want to take up that invite, um, as a way of remembering, if you give these back to me at the end, I will let you take one of these baskets home as a way of remembering um, what you've committed to. So we're going to listen. Please, as we listen, think and pray. Pray for Jumana, for Yasmin, her daughter, who's six, who you'll see on the picture. For her son and for all the others. For her husband, her husband, Osman, who is not living with the family at the moment because he's out in a rope factory trying to get more work to get more money. Think what it's like to be separated from your family. And please join me in praying for them. Thank you. decided to show you no kindness 
Stay.